Good morning, everybody. This is this. Good morning. This is the this is the leaders call for Friday morning. Um, sorry about that. Having a couple of glitches here with my technology this morning. Um, so this morning we are talking about delegation. And I have a sneaky suspicion that there are several of you who are, uh, your interest was piqued as soon as you heard the word delegation. Um, so let me just kind of give you a preview of what we're going to talk about this morning. So I'm going to share with you why leaders don't delegate, um, how new leaders typically delegate, um, the difference between when you have intentional growth and experience doing it. I'm going to share five really quick tips and then also a word picture to kind of wrap it all up. So I say all that to say, buckle up. It's going to be a great call this morning. You're going to want to take notes. Um, and for those of you who I know you're already thinking, oh man, I'm just not going to get everything down. It's okay. Remember, as soon as this call is done, within about 20 minutes, I will have this session posted in the podcast. Okay, so you can find my podcast anywhere you find any other podcast. Um, the title of it is Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life. So get what you can on the call today. And if you feel like you need to come back to it, just check in with the podcast, okay? All right. And then let me just encourage you too, that as we're going through this this morning, I know that there's the tendency to want to capture all the knowledge, all of the facts, right? And I really want to encourage you to check in with your own thinking as we're going through and doing this and writing down thoughts that come to you as you're listening to me talk. Because oftentimes those are the points that you need to take from this call. And also, um, if you get one thing out of this whole time together, and that one thing is the very thing that you need, then does it really matter if you caught everything? So I just encourage you because sometimes I think, uh, especially with certain personality types, you can get really worked up in, you know, catching every thought or every idea that's shared when in reality, you really just want to listen for the one thing that's your thing this morning. Okay. I hope that's helpful. All right. So most leaders do not delegate. Um, so for yourself, do you feel like you're a good delegator or not? Uh, if you say that maybe not and that you would like to be, or maybe you've tried it in the past and it's not something that you you were good at, um, you're not alone. Most leaders don't delegate. And there's five reasons why they don't delegate. So the first thing is that they believe that the people that they would delegate to won't do it right. Okay, this is usually the typical reason I hear for people not delegating. They just won't do it right. So this belief, the underlying belief here, really is an assumption that there's only one way to do something. So when you have this idea, many people think it's the other person 
right? The, the one that to whom you're trying to delegate, that they just don't get it, that they don't know how to do it. When in reality, your assumption or your belief is that there's only one way. And that belief is what is holding you back from being a good delegator. Okay. Um, one that is very closely related, but it has a different motivation is the idea that they won't do it my way. Okay, so so you might um, understand here that, yes, there are many ways to do whatever it is I want to delegate. However, I have a preference and I want it done this way. So uh, there are many things that have many, you know, different ways to do things, right? Like I always share the example of the dishwasher. You know, there's many ways to load the dishwasher. I'm sure there's the perfect way that's most efficient and effective and whatever. But then in reality, there's many different ways, right? Um, this is really about control, okay? You cannot be a good delegator if you always have to be the person in control. There are some things, for example, when I am dealing with a profession that has um, rules, regulations, specifications, right? When you're delegating something out that could, you know, if you do this the wrong way, um, you know, there could be loss of, of life, injury, you know, something severe. Uh, that's a different story. You know, we want to help people understand how to do those things safely. That's not a control piece. That's a safety issue. But I'm talking about, uh, I, I remember very distinctly when I, I had a boss in the past that um, there was paperwork that needed to be done. And every Friday, it was the same four pieces of paperwork that needed to be done. And she was adamant that it had to be done by 10 a.m. And all the paperwork had to be done in a certain order. Now, it didn't really matter if it was done by 10 and it didn't matter what order the paperwork was done in, but because she had determined in her own mind, this is how it's going to get done. She wanted to have the control of doing it. When you're delegating, you will lose a little bit of control and you have to be okay with that. Okay. Um, another thing I often hear is, well, they won't do it on time. Okay, so there's a concern about the quality of the work, right? Um, totally understandable. Uh, I'm going to post a, a little video on social media this morning that gives a couple more tips. But one of the things that I'll share on there is the idea of they're not going to get it right the first time. It's okay. Um, you have to be okay with them getting it wrong sometimes. Because that's how they are going to learn and grow. Um, another idea is, what if they do it better than me? Right? What if they do this thing better than me? Well, first of all, if you think that that is a, a negative or a bad thing, then this your motivation here is really about insecurity. Right. If they do it better than me, maybe my my boss is going to look at them in a better light. And now we're in a competition. Right. But think about that. What if they do this better than me? Well, thank God. <laughs> right. That means they're better. Um, we can get a, a good product and I can move on to something else. Right. 
but only a secure leader gives their power away. Uh, and one that I often hear from uh, a lot of people, especially with the, the personality type that they're caretakers or um, high achievers is, well, it's supposed to be my job, right? I should do this. There's an expectation that, you know, when I was hired and I got that piece of paper that said, this is my job description, I should do this. Um, and I, I don't want to necessarily say, don't do your job description, um, but I'm just going to challenge you. Is that good enough? Um, for example, I've been on, in jobs before where, uh, actually I was telling somebody this, this yesterday, uh, I was in a job and I loved it. It was great. Um, I, I was able to help a lot of people, but there was one thing that I was absolutely horrible at. Um, not because I couldn't do it, but man, I, it just, it was not something I wanted to do. It was not my strength zone. It was not my passion. Uh, I found that I was having kind of a bad attitude. Um, and so I was able to work with my boss and say, listen, I can give you 95, you know, percent of, of this job description. This one thing is really causing me an issue. What can we do about this? And we were able to figure out how we would give that responsibility to somebody else that actually helped that person learn and grow. So it wasn't just a get it off my plate. It was, oh, this person, if she actually did these things, she would learn more about the things that she needs to know about her job. Okay. So rather than looking at it and saying, oh, I know that this is a part of my job. I should do this. Um, you really look at it and say, who should do this rather than I should do this. Okay. So let's talk about new or um, inexperienced or, you know, I hesitate to say new because then there's the implication that as you grow more experienced, you'll naturally learn this. And that's, this is one thing that I know uh, as I've been working with leaders, especially in the education world is that, you know, some people have been in a leadership position for 20, 30 years and have never figured out how to delegate. So just because you've been in it a long time does not mean that you know how to do this. Um, but I would say inexperienced delegators. How about that? Um, when they start to delegate, they're typically doing it to get things off their plate. Um, they're in a place where their to-do list is way longer than the time that they have to get things done. And they're feeling maybe some pressure, um, maybe a little bit overwhelmed with everything that they have going on. And so their first attempt at delegation is basically to look at, you know, what simple things do I have on my list that I can just tell somebody here, do this. Or what, what job do I have um, that I really don't want to do that I can just give to somebody else? And the first kind of reflex is to, you know, pick your safe person, your most trusted employee, let's say, and um, kind of give it to them. And typically when you're operating from this kind of awareness, you're not spending the time that it takes to show this person how to do this. And not only the how, but the why. Okay. Um, and so you're, you're just in desperation, kind of trying to get rid of things. And the person typically does not feel supported. 
they're doing the very best they can. And then also in your haste to get it off your plate, you might not think about who has the strengths and the talents to actually do this job well. Okay, so so you're being in a place of stress causes you to want to get rid of something, but maybe you're not with it enough to know how. And then what typically happens is, um, you know, years later, I'll be coaching somebody or working within a mastermind and they will tell me exactly this. I've heard this dozens of times, guys. So this is not, you know, if this has happened to you, you are not alone by any stretch of the imagination. And I will hear the same exact story. And then they develop this belief that delegation just doesn't work for me. And so they'll go back to those previous five beliefs. So they'll pick one or two of those and say, yep, this is how I feel about delegation. So therefore, they develop this hate-hate relationship with delegation. So... um. As I have kind of been working with leaders, I've noticed that there are some differences when it comes to leaders who are empowering. So those leaders who really know, number one, how to delegate, but they also have, um, basically they are leading leaders. So they're not leading followers who will do what they say, but they're leading leaders who actually go out and they take initiative. Okay, so I want to share three different things with you, and hopefully this will help you maybe chew on these ideas a little bit. And of course, if you want to talk about these or um, you, you'd like to go more in depth on this, you can always email me. Uh, my new email is michelle at growbyone.com. I would love to set up a, a call with you and, and talk about how you can apply these principles. Okay. So empowered leaders, um, when they are getting ready to delegate something, they look at, well, first of all, they've already made the decision that whatever this is that's on my to-do list is aligned with my purpose. So it, it is a thing that must be done. Okay. However, they also look and they say, okay, what is aligned with my purpose? What must be done? but isn't necessarily in my passion or my strength zone. So for example, um, I have a virtual assistant who, uh, do you guys love the the social media posts with the reminders of, hey, you know, tomorrow we're going to do this call. This is the topic. Yeah, they're pretty cool, right? Um, That's not my forte. I know that that needs to be done and I want that to be done, but I also know that I should not be in charge of that. (laughs) So I have an assistant who helps me. That's, um, it comes very easily and naturally to him. He says, oh, it's no big deal. I'll do it. Uh, After this call, I will have the audio and I will be able to um, give that over to another assistant. Uh, she will transcribe it and she will put it into a Word document, edit it, you know, take out all my my ums, my so what's, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, and so it's something that I definitely want to do for various reasons. It's aligned with my purpose. It's not necessarily my passion or my strength. So I delegate. Uh, other, another idea is that empowered leaders understand that when they delegate, 
it's an opportunity for others to grow. So it's not about getting something off your plate as much as it is kind of scanning your staff and saying, okay, who is ready to grow and go to the next level? So for example, uh, when I was a center director, I had a staff member, she's just amazing, amazing, um, an excellent classroom teacher, really had it all together. And she had said, hey, Michelle, I'm, I'm interested. I would love to become a director someday. And I was like, really? Okay. And so we had some conversations about what are, you, what are your strengths? You know, what do you like? What do you not like? Um, and I realized, man, she's really good at paperwork. Right. And so I would just start to teach her, hey, listen, this is how we do scheduling. Um, this is how we do payroll. This is how we do this. This is how we do that. Hey, listen, we've got some licensing information we need to fill out. Do you want to help me? Right. So for a while, it was just shadowing me. And then it was like, okay, which piece of this do you think that you would like to do? And yeah, there were some hiccups along the way, but there was nothing that couldn't be fixed. And when we had a hiccup, it was, hey, what did you notice about this? Right. Yeah, it took a while. I would say it was about six months of intentional shadowing and teaching and um, conversing. But I tell you what, after that six months, guys, listen, I was actually able to take a vacation for a whole week and not have to worry about any of that paperwork. Isn't that really what you want? But it came from a place of this person wants to grow. Let me help her grow. Now, consequently, I had somebody else who kind of said the same thing. I would like to be a director. And I said, oh, great. Okay. And so I said, well, you know, here's some paperwork. And I realized really quickly, okay, this is not your strength. <laughs> but there might be other parts of the job. Um, what else would you like to try? right? And so I was able to help her more with the people side of things. So the coaching and the mentoring and the talking to parents and um, things like that. And so when I went on this vacation, I had two people that replaced me that were very good at different parts of the job. Okay. Now, the third thing that empowered leaders do is that they empower their team. So yes, you want to be intentional with um, the high performers in your group. You also want to empower your team. Um, so I'm talking about like vision and planning. Okay, so for example, um, there's a leader I'm working with right now that he has the assumption that uh, he is supposed to come up with the vision himself and what the plan's going to be and tell everybody the action steps. I said, okay, let me know how that works for you. When you allow your team to come up with those action steps and say, which part of this plan do I want to be a part of, they have more engagement in the process. They have more motivation to stick with it. Nobody really likes to be told what to do, right? And so empowered leaders, this, this is another form of delegation that a lot of people don't understand, that you're delegating part of this dreaming process. Where are we going in the next three years, right? And how are we going to get there? You don't have to be the one with all the ideas, okay? All right, so let me give you five quick tips. So the first one is, number one, know your own strengths 
your passions and your abilities. Okay. Know your strengths, your passions, and your abilities. This is really, really important. You need to know what you do well and what you don't do well. Okay. Both of those are, are equally important. If you need, um, a kind of an assessment to figure out what your strengths are, I would highly recommend strengths finder 2.0. Um, Google it, buy the book on Amazon, go take the test. Um, there's another one too. It's called standout assessment, standout assessment, standout is one word. Um, Google that too. Uh, it's very closely related to StrengthsFinder, and if you take them both, it gives you a really good picture of yourself. Um, I I took that many years ago. Man, it was eye-opening, okay? And it helped me start making make decisions about what work I should say yes to and what work I should say no to and what work I should delegate, okay? Um, tip number two is know your people. Um, so know your people, make sure that you're forming a relationship with your people. Um, if I had not had a relationship with my staff members, I wouldn't have, uh, that trust and open communication for them to say, Hey, I'd like to be a director someday. Okay. Um, I wouldn't know who to really look for when I'm trying to delegate. Um, and with a second staff member, when I realized as we were trying to do the paperwork thing, um, I realized pretty quickly because we had a relationship. That's right. Yeah, she has the a certain personality type. And let's transition quickly from trying to make her be okay with paperwork to doing what I know is her passion. But that knowledge came from having the relationship with her. Okay. The third tip is to know your vision. Where are you going? You know, what are you doing? What are you working towards? What's your goals, your outcomes? And try to figure out how each person plays into that vision. Not everybody is going to be able to help you in the same way. And that's a good thing. But try to figure out how each of them plays a part. Um, know their ability level and their desire to grow. So uh, they must be able to do something. And they must be willing. Okay. So it's, it's not good enough to look at a staff member and say, oh, I know you're excellent at paperwork. Come on over. I'm going to, I'm going to delegate this to you. If they are not willing, you are wasting your time. However, if somebody says, hey, I want to help you with this. And you realize this is not their thing. You need to be able to say, this isn't quite working out. Let's find you something else. Okay, so they need to be able and willing. And then the fifth one is just communicate. Um, individually communicate with each one of those people. So uh, if you're, especially if you're in the process of delegating something out, you want to have consistent checking in points. Okay. Um, and if you, especially if there's a deadline, you want to be checking in days ahead of time just to make sure that you're on the, on the right track. As you go along and they become more and more successful with that thing, you can check in a little less. Um, but in the beginning, it's going to be pretty intense. Okay. Also check in with the whole team. Hey, how are we doing? How are things going? Right. And check in often. So the greatest illusion about communication is that it's been done. 
So, so that means that most people think because I've said this and I've said this once, I don't need to say it again. That is the furthest thing from the truth. Okay. So when you're committing to being an, an empowering leader, I would say a good b- majority of your job is just communication. Okay. All right. So let me tell you this really quick story of how two leaders um, approach delegation. So uh, this is informed actually by some work that Brene Brown has done uh, in her book, Dare to Lead. So she talks about uh, leaders who are hustling for their worth and those who know their worth. But I really look at it in terms of delegation. So the leader who either does not delegate or delegates just to get things off their plate, they make everything a competition. They make everything a race, right? So for example, maybe you have 10 people on your staff and you're like, okay, man, everybody's got to do this, right? You do this, you do this, you do that. And all of a sudden everybody's looking around and they realize like, oh, we're in a race. Like if I want boss's approval, I've got to do this. And it might not be in my strength zone, but I'm going to do it anyway. And what happens is that you have 10 people in this race and there's always a winner. There's always a loser. There's always somebody who's left out. Uh, and at the end, you hope you get the result that you want. Okay. Have you, have you ever been in this kind of environment? I know I have. Uh, and the boss is coming along. They, the boss thinks that they are encouraging you when in reality they're, they are micromanaging you. Okay. And everybody seems to be competing for the attention of the boss. Now, let me show you an alternative picture that I've actually seen great teams do. So they might have the same 10 people on their staff, but their leader comes from this empowerment philosophy where they treat it not as a race where everybody's pitted against each other, but as a relay race. So, Hey, we're all working towards the same goal here. So person number one might be good at a, B and C and person number two is good at D E and F and so on. Right. And so, you know, what each person on your relay team is really good at, And some people might spend uh, a shorter amount of time in the race, and some people might spend a longer amount of time based on what their role and their strengths are. However, at the end of the time, not only do you get the result that you say you want, but you also have empowered and engaged employees who like each other. And because you, everybody's operating in their strength zone, you have less that you need to manage. And here's the great part is that you value and respect each one of those people and what they bring to the table. And they can be very good at different things that you are not. Does that make sense? And, and one of the greatest things about doing a relay race is that, you know, if you time different things, well, you can do multiple races at the same time. You can have different programs or projects or initiatives that you're rolling out. And different people are doing different things at different times. So you actually get more work done if you empower your people rather than trying to be the micromanager. 
Now, it takes time to get up to there because let's say you've got 10 staff and, you know, three years ago you started delegating to staff number one and seven, right? And then after that you worked with three and nine, okay? So over time you're going you're gonna to practice your delegation skills and once you have gotten each one of your staff members up to par and also taught them how to delegate to each other, that's when you get momentum and production like crazy. Okay. All right. So we are nearing the end of our time. Uh, your homework for this week. Um, first of all, on a scale of one to 10, how do you feel about delegation right now? So a one being, I will never do it. <laughs> and 10 being, I love it. What is your number? Okay, just, just answer that. That's all. And then check in with yourself. What could you begin to delegate? If you were to look at things maybe at work, what are some things that you think that you could delegate? So something that not in your strength zone um, or something that somebody near you is might be really good at. Okay. And then the final thing is just to choose intentionally one thing to delegate this week, either at home or at work. That's it. Just intentionally choose one thing to delegate. Okay. All right. So next week we are going to talk about how to keep communication simple. Okay. So we're going to kind of piggyback on some things that we talked about today. All right. Well, I hope this has added value to you today and gotten you thinking. Uh, thank you so much for being on the call with us this morning or listening to the recording. I so appreciate your time um, that, that you put into listening. I am holding an image of you being intentionally influential, powerfully productive, and empowering and engaging the people you serve. So with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing day, and we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.